Welcome to yet another episode of Relevant Conversations. Today's episode is entitled, The Skin We're In. Today's person of focus is Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk was a civil and human rights leader who became one of the first openly gay elected officials in the United States when he won a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1977. His authenticity as an open gay candidate gave to the then LGBT community during a time of widespread hostility and discrimination, a level of hope. Milk served not only the LGBT community, but was equally as committed to a much higher and broader constituency speaking out on state and national issues regarding women, racism, and other marginalized communities. Milk's life was cut short when he was assassinated a year after taking office. Um, as you and I discussed before we started recording, um, we wanna make sure that we cover humans that are doing things to help others not of any particular shade, not of any particular origin, but all humans who are out there trying to make a difference. Um, in that, we want to talk about skin. Skin is only about two millimeters thick. That equates to about 0.07 inches. Race refers to the person's physical characteristics, which in theory, was established to create separation, thus the critical race theory. Uh, it is essentially an updated concept of classification. And gender, male and female is attested in English from early 15th century. Again, this English concept is an outdated classification, which again has morphed into the means for separation. I mean, you know, if we, if we are truly going to talk about change, then we must begin to realize that these outdated concepts of skin, race, and gender represent the foundations of separation, which perpetuates this channel of inequality that plagues us as a nation. We really need to start looking at things more holistically. And I think in order to do that, we need to stand united. And when I say we, all those who are interested and committed to human kindness. You know, I'm not talking about those who are maintaining this whole separatism concept. I'm talking about those who are looking to unite and stand together as humans. It's time as we always say in each and every podcast, it's overdue. Right. And to your point, uh, with regard to race and gender, I think when we look at these things, we have to look at the church, different religions, uh, and what the people who were the leaders of those religions, men, uh, wanted 
with regard to power and control over uh, not only the religion itself, but over people in general. Um, So most uh, religions that still persist today uh, do require in some way for the female to submit to the male. Um, And if we go back to around the time of colonialism, we'll notice that uh, the Spanish Inquisition, which started in 1478, actually uh, tested blood. And that was the first time that we saw, okay, because your blood is A, B, or C, you're lesser than this blood. Now, the Spanish Inquisition was around, you know, like Catholicism, Christianity, and the Europeans who were Christians were placed at the top of the tier and told they were better. Everyone else did not believe in that religion or submit to it or uh, whatever term you wish to use. So in that case, this is where manifest destiny, whereas we can do what we want Europeans uh, because we are better than everyone else and everyone else should submit to us, uh, which gave them to, the right in their minds to have and enslave, torture, and to uh, treat people without dignity. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Um, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I was just going to... Interesting that uh, this testing of blood beyond the scientific purpose, but rather testing in order to create separatism, to make distinctions between individuals. Um, is it is it human nature just to want to be superior? in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to think otherwise, because then that means that this will be a problem that never gets resolved. I would like to think that um, there there are perhaps a group of of individuals who seem to um, hyper-focus on distinctions in a negative way. Um, You know, there are as you and I both know, there are various ways that we can look at what I would deem to be uniqueness. Uh, We can celebrate uniqueness, but there are those who seem to want to persecute uniqueness, persecute differences. Um, And it seems that in just what you were just stating, that testing of blood and, and how it filtered into religious practices and how that filtered into further distinctions, negative distinctions, which led to discrimination and the outcasting of people. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your points that you were just making, certainly, uh, you know, first and foremost, those who believe in certain religions and, you know, looked a certain way, uh, they were purported to be 
better than everyone else. So this gave them the reason to uh, go out and uh, plunder. Um, however, when we look at later on in the late, the mid to late uh, 19th century, then we, outside of everything else, we have quote unquote scientists who are actually uh, measuring the size of people's heads and also uh, classifying race uh, like Carl Linnaeus um, who started to classify races. And this is where we see, you know, uh, some, like I said, quote unquote, science support for uh, uh, that people uh, supported as well as uh, reasons behind why certain certain people were not considered uh, on equal footing. And all of this is just very, uh, it is very, uh, what, whatever I think, what comes to mind, and I think to our conversation earlier, uh, if someone builds an algorithm, that algorithm is only as unbiased as the person who creates it. And in that thinking, if a scientist comes up with a hypothesis, a hypothesis, how unbiased is that hypothesis and will they actually conduct their experiments in an unbiased manner in order to prove what they're thinking is the case or will they more so look for support for their original theory? Yeah, yeah. So when we talk about the scientists and their theories in the, in the 19th century and ongoing, with regard to race, you know, everyone has been brainwashed from early on to see certain races as inferior. So now you're putting together how truly unbiased or your classifications. So basically, uh, what you're stating is that this is just as antiquated as the notion of um, distinctions made by skin, race, and gender are. The measuring of one's skull clearly does not determine uh -huh. one's level of intellect or mental capacity. And, you know, even if you tease out the fact of that there was that human curiosity where people wanted answers to certain things that they could not explain, still we get to this point where we are now and it's our responsibility to look back and, and look at those antiquated definitions that determined the classifications of people, where they would go, where they would live, how they would live, the type of food that they would be fed, the type of health care they would receive, the type of education. That, we need to start looking at those things and saying, well, wait a minute, you know what? Um, we've been indoctrinated with these ideals that have long since been found and determined not to be valid, but why are we still operating as though they are valid? You know, 
they they are valid to some. They haven't been disproven or properly disproven by others. Point uh, before we started the recording, it's it the government do what it, it wants to do. People can expose what they want to expose. Um, racist with regard to gender and so on and it and the right people will not make if they do that then that brings us a step closer to racist being on equal footing to genders being on equal footing and the powers that be just do not so how do we get to a place where we have those in power who are willing and to not only speak it, but to bring truth to light and to do something with yeah. regard to correcting all of these thousands of years of, of wrongdoing? Well, perhaps it takes a movement of humans who believe opposite of what mm-hmm. our government is allowing to take place. And I say allowing because again, like you stated, um, if they truly want it to correct this situation, they could, they have the authority, they have the power to do this. And yes, I know we have the divisions and such, but if we're talking about the preservation of something that this country has been built upon, for some, it is a very difficult concept to let go of because it created their positions, it created their old money, it created their status, their place in society, which puts them high above many others, which separates them from the haves and the have-nots. And certainly coming together, unified as people, as humans, and saying, you know what, we don't want this anymore threatens their very existence on many levels. And this is why they drag their feet. This is why things are done piecemeal. Quiet this group over there for a little bit, quiet this group over there. And it's been that continuously for centuries. If you look over time historically, it's just a little quiet here, quiet there, give them this, give them that. Um, But as I discussed before we started recording also, you can't tell me that these things have not happened over the hundreds of years where people have stepped forward. We know historically that they have stepped forward and said, well, wait a minute, you can't do this. People in government, right. you can't do this. You can't say this if you are representing all. You can't, you can't tell me that there are not right. safety nets to prevent these things from happening. And what you and I also discussed was that is being allowed to a certain extent. It's almost exactly. I mean, watching a performance. You know what Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage and we are mere actors, right? So we have people, and, I, and I'm not saying that is true for all, because nothing is all. But for those uh-huh. who are holding up progress, it is very much true for them. Very much true. They are looking at their own interests. And 
if we were to stand together united and say collectively, we're done with this notion. This concept has failed time and time again, and we want something different. Then they would be forced to make a difference, or they would be ousted. And yeah. ousted would be brought hard. in. Yeah, it's hard to. It's going to take so much more time to stand together united because if we at the Caucasian race right now, um, even those who wish to do to change this, we not only have to change their power, their political status, their uh, money, their sense of self, which is a very difficult thing to do if it's not supported by the majority. And the majority, and then we have to go past the Caucasian race and their sense of self being threatened. We'd have to go to their quote unquote, specifically consider marginalized members or races uh, of this society and convince a good number of those, and that includes the Black people as well, that what has been perpetuated over time is not true. There is not an inferior race. There is human, and people have been taught to be either ashamed of their race for outside of Black, they've been taught, hey, at least I'm not so, you know, it's very difficult to open the eyes of every out a person like I think we just before saying, hey, you know, this is what it is and this is what it isn't. And speaking truth to the lies that have been told for, I'll say, we say centuries, but I'll say thousands of years because this manifest destiny and uh, different uh, theories that have persisted over time have been around for long before the colonization of the America. So uh, it's just, we can do it little by little. And what's um, most disappointing is that different uh, parts of society continue to have to accept the breadcrumbs that they are given and being told that things are being corrected when they could be corrected much faster than they are. Yeah, yeah. I think um, in terms of Caucasians, as you mentioned, or any other group of people for that matter, um, we can't really talk in absolutes in that sense. Otherwise, it continues to perpetuate the very no, things that plague us. So, and I, I, I get what you're saying, but just to put it out there to those uh -huh. listening, you know, because they don't know us and, and how we communicate and understand each other in that communication. I think if humanity prevails, if we allow humanity to prevail, then it's no longer a matter of convincing others 
of it being the right thing. I think there are more people on a humanistic level who are willing to work cooperatively and live cooperatively than they are not. Um, I think what is presented to us on a daily basis is the social minority. And when we hear their voices, because we hear right. them so consistently and because um, they are talked about so frequently, they seem to be larger and stronger than what they actually are. And, um, and that is also part of it, you know, it is that Trojan horse. horse. Yeah, that's a part of it. They, um, they, they, they struggle to hang on to the power. Right. So if they infiltrate the media or if we get journal or if they can get journalists to constantly talk about them by them doing ridiculous things and saying ridiculous things, it makes them appear to be larger than what they are. But I truly think that there are more humans looking to do the right thing than not. Um, but again, this is yet another part of maintaining the status quo. What is the first step, I guess people would ask in this? Um, recognizing that the skin that we're in is the same. There's no difference in the thickness of the skin that all of us have. Shade changes. If we're in the sun, our shade changes. If we're out of the sun, right. our skin changes. That is a flexible notion. It, you know, you, you, even you put two people together that fall within the same quote unquote race, you will find variations in that. You know, it, it is an, insi an insignificant means of classification. Um, and gender, yes, uh, in its onset, that was designed and created to, to keep, again, people in their place. So all bases were covered in the sense of creating right. a level of separatism so that the minority can control the majority. Right. So when we look at, and that's a, a good term because, you know, there are groups of people who uh, still believe that they are the majority. Right. How is that possible, realistically? Um, but they still look at themselves as being the majority and uh, keeping the minorities down so that they can continue their reign. Um, but, you know, again, that's the reason that our former president stopped the census count early last year, because if people had to face up to the fact that they are not the majority, now they are the minority, they would have no choice but to give up some of the evils that they do in order to maintain their quote-unquote power. Yeah. Um, well, isn't that a pattern? So we, would have, mm -hmm. we have to look at that. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that a pattern, too? Any documentation that proves contrary to what their beliefs are and them being uh, those who want to protect, perpetuate this separate ideal, um, anything that proven 
that has proven to speak against what they would like to continue to support mysteriously stops or disappears, right? Um, the records are buried exactly. somewhere, tucked away so that the truth does not come to the surface or into the light. But eventually the truth does come into the light. That is true. It is true indeed. So here we are at the end of yet another episode. Um, I also wanted to remind our listening audience that uh, we are not only on Anchor, but we may also be found on Spotify as well. So you can use either platform to hear our podcast. And please do share. And as always, if you have any questions or any comments that you'd like to add, please let us know that too. Um, We want to hear some feedback we want to hear from people. Thank you again for joining us. And we will see you next week. Thank you.